This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. That you didn't just make up right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Greg Miller. Scoop. This is Anthony Gallegos. Hello. That's Mitch Dyer. Video games. Mitchy D to you. Welcome to Game Scoop. If you're just joining us, Game Scoop is IGN's video game talk show where we talk about. The, the most pressing matters in the video game world, the, the matters of today, the, the stuff that matters to you. It airs Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This Friday, we happen to be giving away a $250 Best Buy gift card. Ooh la la. Stay tuned to figure out how you can win that. You know, Rockstar makes those Grand Theft Auto games. I'm sure sorry, do. what are those? They all know all about Hofkakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakak
Um, also, Red Dead's multiplayer. Did you guys play that? Nope. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I spent like 100 hours with Red Dead, and I think half of that was multiplayer. I want to, I'm, I'm hoping that they, with the PC version at least, they keep it as open and moddable as the GTA 4 was. Only right. Because GTA 4 is like still pretty big on PC because mm. of the modding scene. Yeah. The giraffe mod. Like, people put in all Back kinds of things. Future. Back to the Future card. Yeah. It's like all that stuff. Like if they can do that with 5 again, like I think they can really, there's a certain expectation now that PC gamers have when it comes mm -hmm. to GTA 5. And, and GTA games have not traditionally been thought of as PC games for a long time. I, so. I remember people playing GTA 3 and modding it also. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying that I feel like the, the, the trend has definitely been for them to be very console focused now. And I just feel like there's an opportunity here for them to do something really great. You guys think they'll release it on PC day and date? I was, they, I was, they that's that's the question, about. right? Like, who they've knows? never done that. They've never done that, but if they did, that'd How be How big really was awesome. the gap for four? It was like six, six months. months. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think the poster said uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Um, no mention of Wii U either. Oh. Well. So there's your answer. Well, oh, never, yeah. never coming to PC. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on the initial poster right, yeah. Um you, you mentioned games are going to have to scatter. Yeah, well, do, you, why, do we why expect delays? Because, I mean, why is that? G so GTA 4 came out in April of 2008. Yes. 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 Let's say 2008. It was 2008. That's right. That's 2008. Right. Good job, everybody. Teamwork. Uh, I, let's assume it's April of 2013 for GTA 5. That's, that's still spring. What else is coming out in that time frame? Like, is stuff going to have to delay just to get out of the way of it? Because GTA is such a, like, a monumental thing that you almost got to wonder if people are going to care about other releases. Here, here are a few games coming out in spring 2013. Break it down, Damon. Hit me with it. Gears of War Judgment, God of War Ascension, Injustice, Gods Among Us, Tomb Raider, SimCity. Um, and that's not including games that are coming out in February. Right. Because okay. I don't really think of that as spring. Sure, but sure. February has Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, Dead has Space Dead Crisis. Space 3. Um, See, the thing for me is that Dead Space, Bioshock, they cannot have any more delays. Like, yeah. they have to come out ahead yeah. of it. Especially Those games, Bioshock. I feel like, have to worry about having sales siphoned away by GTA. Gears of War, it's going to be fine no yeah, matter when it comes out. SimCity, also fine whenever it comes out. Totally not, not, Yeah, exactly, not completely. Yeah, Tomb Raider 2. I mean, th those are all frames. Well, there was one on there, I thought. Tomb Raider Injustice. Injustice is the one I think that you'd be, you'd be worried about. Tomb not because they're yeah. similar games, but because... I feel like Tomb Raider might have a hard time, too, though, because there would be people that are going to be like, I only have sixty dollars this month. Which way am I going to go? Or sixty dollars sure. in this period? Uh, I'm going to get GTA because I don't sure, get hundreds, hundreds of hours. Of hours yeah, yeah, yeah. And spring is already like super dense because, like you said, February is crazy. And then getting into March, we have all of this, and going into April, like it, spring 2013 is bonkers. Mm -hmm. There's so many releases, and GTA is going to really make a mess of that. Well, I was wondering, I wonder if, if it just makes sense for the first half of 2013 to be that packed because the back half of 2013 we're expecting a new generation of consoles yeah. to start. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. They don't, and they don't want to like compete with the Xbox 720 launch, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, it's gonna be a crazy year. I'm excited for 2013. Out of the gate, there's a ton of games, and then, like, who knows what's gonna be at E3? When we look back at like the years, like, do we think 2012 is a, a great year for gaming? I'd say it's the best year of this generation. 2012 is. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Nah, totally boring. <laughs> <laughs> it was a boring year for Greg Miller. Boring year. There weren't games I cared about. No Uncharted. Yeah, I mean, the, I, mean no, I, I think back to another, like last year, you know, I had just reviewed uh, uh, Batman Arkham City. Mm -hmm. I had just reviewed Uncharted. Like, those games were huge, and they like ma those were like the cornerstones of my year. And this year, like, tomorrow I'm reviewing Assassin's Creed Liberation. It's kind of like, that's like my big review of the year. Sure. Or, like, I mean, this part of it. But we have, like, I mean, Assassin's Creed 3 is out Tuesday. Most yeah. Wanted is out Tuesday. Earlier in the year, we had, like, Mass Effect 3, Amalur. 
Um, okay, I loved Amalur. Loved Amalur. And yeah. Put hundred seriously, Amalur was really we're gonna put it on that much of a pedestal. To that say, game like, was, it was awesome. One of the You're right. It was an awesome. It, it was, was so, it was a great game. It was early so in the much year, fun too. to play. Sure. That I I played it nonstop while listening to podcast after podcast. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And last last year last year might have been a better year because we had Skyrim as well. Yeah. So, but this year is still pretty exceptional. Black Ops, Halo. Come on. Nope. PlayStation. My, my, these the Ratchet games you are the games you're talking about are not moving my Swan penis. Journey, Walking Dead. <laughs> what more do you want? There you go. Actually, now now you're talking. Now you're talking. Okay, okay. Walking Dead, Journey, Unfinished One. Right there, there you, you redeemed yourself in the end with some good stuff. Fez, Mark of but the Ninja. I'm yeah, still saying there were more. Or Nicola, which Xbox nobody played games, but you and I. Doesn't know. Yeah, I played. I played the zombie one. Dead Light. That's the one. Dead Light. <laughs> Whoops. Not even the good one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a good year for I don't, I don't know if it's one of the best years. Oh, it's definitely one of the best years of the generation. Not the best, maybe. Yeah. Maybe last year was better. Maybe. But then this year is like second best, probably. Let's Might rank be. the years. I would rank the <laughs> years. We should do uh, <laughs> top 25 the top years. 10 years of gaming. Best years of the generation. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty good. There's seven of them. Uh, we all like that XCOM. I've heard yeah. of that game. game. You played yeah. that one, Anthony? Yeah. I've played quite a few hours of XCOM. It's very good. Yeah. It is, it's, it's a great game. It is a, I think it's, it is everything that the fans of the original could have hoped for, basically. Like everything? Everyone, yeah, as far as like people that have been wanting a new XCOM for years and years and years, like 20 years and have never gotten one, like a modern adaptation that was still as faithful as this is to the original, like that should make people pretty pleased. Like that they even got that. Like, you need to buy it or else you will never get something like that again. <laughs> so that was a huge risk for any publisher to make. Like, a turn-based game on consoles, like, mm-hmm. as one of the primary platforms in this day and age. Especially for a publisher that says, eh, strategy games are dead. Who cares about them? Yeah. So, did the publisher say that? Did yeah, 2K is, like, head haunted, like, their CEO or something. It was like, ah, nobody cares about strategy games. Who cares? When did he say this? And it's like, you're working on Civ. You're working on XCOM. What do you... Shut up. Anyway. So. Um, I like the game a lot. What struck me, though, is that the whole production feels kind of low budget to me. And like you were just saying, it was kind of a risk. I, w- I mean, it probably did have a pretty limited budget in terms of what they were about able to spend on in like yeah, I mean, I art know, design. I don't know how big of a studio for Axis is, but while they're working on this, they were also still making Civilization V, Gods and yeah, Kings. Gods and Kings. And so I don't know, you know, how many people were actually on the project. I just think the character models don't have a lot of detail. The, yeah. the CGI yeah. scenes aren't impressive. Uh, I don't feel like the game has a lot of personality or humor. Or See, I think I think I think, I, and I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I think that it's that way so that you bring it, you bring your own connotation to battle, your own lens when you come to actually do it. It's kind of yeah. letting the gameplay speak, and that's why it's such a big deal. That I, you know, people tweet photos at me that they put me in their group or this hat, and then they'll tell us stories about yeah. how, oh yeah, the, you know, well, Clements did this, and then Colin did this, and then you died, and blah blah. I think you, you're, it's kind of a vanilla thing, so that you come in, and you put your own sprinkles in. Yeah, I don't know how much. Uh, <laughs> The visual fidelity stuff is on them as much as it might be on the fact that they used UE3 in a not shooter sense. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how well UE3 handles a pullback thing of showing like a big chunk of world like that, you mm-hmm. know. And like so, I'm not sure what sort of engine limitations there are when it comes to. That. I don't mm-hmm. know. The focus was probably less on the art and less on the perform or the presentation and more on getting those systems right. Sure. Because I mean, I the, that. The, that is a masterful. But I agree that for like what comes off is like you know a triple. Like That's they the want this to be establishing a franchise. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people will say sometimes, "Oh, this looks like a downloadable game," and we, we don't you know we don't like that here because we think downloadable games 
uh, are often like the best you know offerings on a system. They can stand up next to retail games. Also, most games are downloadable now. Well, yeah, um, it's kind of a selected term. I'm just saying like the 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 graphic fidelity in uh, or in the art style of XCOM sort of reminds me of stuff that I've seen on Xbox Live sure. Arcade. It's like I'm playing Halo Four right now as, as you are too, and like the CGI in that is. <laughs> Mind-blowing. incredible. Maybe the best CGI in a game sure, I've ever seen. Sure. So it's like, well, if you're not, if you're not, like, why are you even trying if you're not even coming close yeah. to, to this? Uh, to be fair, the Halo ones, though, they farmed them out. Yeah, so they probably, A, they farmed they them out. They had an awesome contract people. studio that exactly. was like, that's all they do And in they life. threw, like, a just unlimited supply of cash at them. <laughs> <laughs> got it right. Whereas yeah. 2K was probably just like, eh. Yeah. We got I bet you the CGI, budget, the CGI budget of Halo was more than two times the entire budget of XCOM. <laughs> 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 that's probably true. Um, Anyway, I, I do like XCOM. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Uh, regardless of all the cutscenes, presentation, anything, like just the sheer strategy, like the elements yeah. of what the turn-basedness of it is awesome. Yeah, if that's sure. your biggest complaint, like that game's doing pretty okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as long as like the gameplay isn't like why you're like, oh, this crap sucks. <laughs> Mitch, you saw a cool game recently called Brothers. I've heard of that. Yeah. What that's a surprising a, game. Tell us right? about this game. So Brothers, it, it looks like this game that you would expect from some like almost pompous, pretentious indie studio. Who's like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing where you play a game and you play as two characters and it's like Peter Molyneux pipe dream stuff. <laughs> you control two characters with two sticks, and the whole thing is about story and interaction and nothing to do with like failure and objective and stuff like that. So you you start out and you you need to go find uh, some magic water to heal your sick father, and you go out as these two kids, and there's there's no threats in the world. All you have to do is just proceed, interact with people along the way, and see how they react to what you do. And it's a Starbreeze game. Like this is coming from the guys who did Syndicate and the Chronicles of Riddick. Super violent games. Right. All they've done is shooters that are like really mature. And now they're doing this top-down, charming, bright, colorful, happy, story-based game about these two kids. And it's awesome. It's weird. It's, it's I mean, for Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, Xbox Live Arcade. It's coming to PC, I believe, PSN. Um, and it's it's. Being the creative director of this game is a film director, like a Swedish film director, who's coming in to be like, I have a vision, and Starbreeze loved it. So they took him on board, and he's got, like, he, it's like Peter Molyneux, but you can see it in action. You can see all of his crazy ideas working. My guess is that this is like another example of a studio like Starbreeze who, uh, like, the day and age where Starbreeze was making things like Syndicate and, and Chronicles of Riddick is probably largely gone. I would agree with that, yeah. And so, like, Starbreeze is going to be another one of those companies that, like... Uh, Scaling down. Ex well, what was that company that we just heard Lightbox. about? Lightbox. Lightbox or... And Nihilistic. And Nihilistic. Like, this is another one that's going to be, like, they're realizing that just like Double Fine did, like, we need to do downloadable games. They just can't compete with... Exactly. The Assassin's like, Creed 3s yeah. and the Borderlands the, 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 the need to make that sort of profit margin, whereas they could make something like this for maybe $100,000 and then make that back and maybe have a wild success where they make sure. like 10 times profit, which mm -hmm. keeps them alive. Like I imagine studios like that increasing, especially because <laughs> it's not like Syndicate set the world on fire. No. So it's it was like, good, but it, it didn't it, blow Critically, it did fine, but yeah. I'm saying sales-wise, yeah, like, it tanked. yeah, so it's like, you know, I just imagine that now they have to be thinking like, how can we keep the studio alive and make games that we want to make? Mm -hmm. And it probably isn't going to be on multi-million dollar budgets. Anymore. Well, yeah, we've talked about it for a while, right, of that spectrum of either there's the downloadable game and then the huge AAA game and how there is no, the middles are just falling away. THQ is just yeah. falling away. You can't come out and have a game <coughs> that does mediocre or, or less than that. Yeah. Yeah, but Brothers is cool because it exists in that school of really artsy, interesting games that aren't really the kind of what games you'd expect. Like, like boutique titles for interesting people? Is it one of those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, That's perfect. I would guess like, that the best games that are going to be on the next console there's going to be the standouts, Uncharted 4s, 
you know, Star Wars 13, 13, that are going to be like these things where we're like, wow, that's really pushing the tech. But then we're going to get hundreds more than we did this generation of of the Star Breezes and companies like that that sure. are putting out these downloads. Yeah. Like that's going to be where the market really gets huge. Like it's so. I'm down with that. Me yeah. too. Like if that, but I think that that's like that is the future at this point. Because mm-hmm. if they can make a downloadable game that they can push to Steam, PSN, and XBLA, like for nothing, like the, and not have to worry about distribution costs and all the the marketing costs and everything that kind of gives a sets these like potentially okay games out with like a lead weights on their feet, you know, that they just can't yeah. keep up with. Like, I think that that's the future and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm into that. I would happily spend $10 on anything than 60 on something. I'm like, well, that might be okay. Yeah. Because there are a lot of games that I, you know, they have a lot of potential. You spend $60 and it's like, well, that was fine, but, you know, Mark of the Ninja was way better. Yeah. Bez right. was way better. Journey was way better. The Walking Dead is way better. Yeah. remember where you were when you heard the news <laughs> that Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yeah, sure. I was talking to somebody about it last night. It was one of the few moments, I think, where everything went bonkers for a second, where one person said it and then it spread like wildfire, yep. and then Twitter exploded. I know. It, was, it reminded me a lot, and this is a dark thing to say, but it reminded me a lot of when Heath Ledger passed. That was yeah. a moment in the IGN office where everybody was like, yeah. somebody was like, ah, and we're like, ah. Yeah, Steve Jobs. No, nobody cared about that. It was, no, it, that was I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it was it was a uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> it was it was nerd Christmas here yesterday. Like, it was. It was like holy crap, what does this mean for us? Yeah. Well, it's just crazy that they announced the buyout and then they said there's also the Star Wars movies coming Yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah. yeah. If did. they had just said we bought Lucasfilm and we had no idea what their plans were, yeah, that yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. a different different story. Yeah, it was really it shut down my brain for yeah. like an hour because I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this. Like, you know, Disney is Marvel and it's Star Wars and then I kept having these like more I'm like oh my god new movies means the extended universe is all screwed up now yeah. oh my god this oh my god that well I thought I thought they were, I mean when we first heard that I was like okay that, oh, that's one thing new Star Wars movie that's fine but then like Star Wars 7 it's like so that's actually continuing yeah, exactly from 6 yeah. so this actually mean this is not just like hey it's Jabba's daughter's adventure <laughs> it's like no this is gonna pick up where 6 left off like holy yeah. shit and it's like are they gonna get the original actors like throw Mark Hamill have they confirmed that yet that it's no. gonna no. pick up no they haven't said it was like the worst thing seven. they've yeah. said so it they, takes place sometime after 6 yeah right sure. well, like, yeah, guys yeah, episode yeah, yeah, 7 yeah. drop the mic and walked out and we're well like, I mean like, there's all the books I mean we get Gaius up here to talk about you know Luke's kids and whatnot and all that I mean that's what that's what I imagine it's going to be I don't I don't Here's the thing. There'll be stupid like cameos from like mm-hmm. Han Solo fucking driving the beat up Millennium Falcon around. Yeah, I think I disagree because you know the Star Wars books and games where you know LucasArts, or, you know Lucasfilm, um, you know definitely like babysat people and said you know you can do this with this character, you can't do that with that character. But that's not Lucasfilm's stories. Like it's these authors. Like they basically got to do whatever they wanted. Han and Chewie are going off on all these adventures, sure. and they don't want to be tied down to all that when they're making new movies. They want to make the movies they want to make. So. All kinds of things. I am positive that these movies, if they set in the future, are absolutely going to contradict anything mm-hmm. that came in these books yeah. or, or games. You know, they don't want to be tied down to something that was in, you know, The Force Unleashed. Yeah. Like, I'm, actually, I'm actually really excited for this. I, I guess that's a good point. The f- 
What? It's a good point that I guess the movies contradict the movies, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And they also, <laughs> there's a lot of worry about, you know, and I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. I don't, I don't read the extended universe books besides the, you know, really good ones. But, uh, you know, besides the really good ones. No, the, the Thrawn one. If ones. it doesn't get a 9.0, <laughs> I don't <laughs> read it. The, the Thrawn trilogy is great, and it, it's a great sci-fi book, and yeah. it doesn't matter that it's set in the Star Wars universe. But anyway, um, they're talking about that they might just cancel the extended universe. All uh, ex- that stuff I mean, that's happening. How can you cancel it? It still exists. It's already out there. But like, like it's Clone gonna, Wars and all that shit? Like three new, well, though, because that's canonical. Like okay. all the novels and things that sort of orbit around where it's like, sure, you can have these characters. And like every Star Wars fan knows that like this isn't real Star Wars. Like this isn't things that really happened in the Star Wars universe. It's just for fun. Like You'd have a hard time telling like, some Star Wars fans that though. I've heard from people before that it's like, oh, every, everything in Tales from Jabba's Palace is real. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's not. It's a book some guy wrote. And even the movies aren't real. It's just a fantasy. <laughs> but we all know that like, <laughs> like Boba Fett landed in the, the Sarlacc pit. Some guy made. Like the story about Boba Fett survived in the Sarlacc pit for like 15 years and they took him out and then he, he lived and he was covered in acid. He's like, ugh. And he was okay. <laughs> like that's they, they say that's part of the real story, but I'm like oh, the that's point not is possible. in Star Wars there's levels of canonical. Like anything that happened in the movie, <laughs> movies is real. Like that's it. That's a real thing that happened in the Star Wars universe. And then there's certain things that are less canonical and certain things that are less canonical than that. Okay. Um, and the extended universe might just be going away or be completely reset as a result of these. Do so you think Star Wars fans are just gonna be sitting in theaters like no, no, that's not true, <laughs> just screaming the whole time? Maybe it is. I mean, obviously, it's gonna make Disney, you know, a billion dollars, and people yeah. are gonna be so excited and line Probably up a month early that. again. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is a thorny situation to get like those hardcore fans on board for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, think like it's you great. say you say you're excited. Yeah, because I, I mean I'm I've always been more interested in what could happen to these characters after what like it's it's totally blank canvas and having the prequels was just like I don't need to know like why this stuff happened like I don't need to see C3PO when he was just like less parts you know or yeah. like or, or, you know Anakin when he was a kid I don't I, didn't, I never cared about any of that stuff but seeing what could happen after is just like it's totally open and they could do anything there and I mean we've already had a bunch of terrible Star Wars movies so you can only go up from there see that's the thing is like people don't seem to have learned their lesson like just leave it alone (laughs) if you're gonna go back you're all gonna be bitching about how bad the sequels are now Mm -hmm. yeah because they're all gonna be CG sure and they're all gonna be this there's some very important pieces of the puzzle we don't have yet who's gonna write these movies who's gonna direct these movies who's gonna star in these movies right until (laughs) (laughs) until we know those like I'll I'll be a little I'll Mm -hmm. be a cautious Cautiously optimistic yeah. until sure. we get that information. Yeah, and you know, everyone talks about Disney as, oh, it's Disney, and they think about the cartoons and how, but Disney has also done all the, all the Marvel films. They've mm-hmm. done a great job with all of those. No, not all of them. Uh, all the new, the, the new, the Marvel cinematic universe, all the movies starting from Iron Man on He's up. saying not all of them were good. Oh, but I mean, generally <laughs> speaking, I think people are happy with the way that that's been handled, right? Like, you know, people like the Avengers. Okay, and sure. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. You, you I'm just saying like they're not all good movies. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying Disney's a gigantic company. They own ESPN. They own all this other stuff. They did the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Pixar. which went downhill. But yeah, they do Pixar. So everyone's like, oh, Princess Leia is going to be a Disney princess now. And I'm like, well, probably not. <laughs> that probably will happen. I don't think there's going to be a lot of old yeah. Jedi ghosts. That's there's for sure. princesses in the Marvel universe that aren't Disney princesses now. Like, name me some princesses in the Marvel universe. I don't know. You tell me. You're, Thank the, you. you're the comic Thank book you. guy. Thank <laughs> you. Exactly. Thank you. Princess Fantastic. Remember her? That could be a nope, thing. Not That's a thing. A, if you were, there's probably. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to bring back um, like the Alec Guinness ghost, the Yoda ghost, right. the Anakin ghost that's played by Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Like he he ended Jedi. They have the whole scene. And they show the planets all over the place. Yeah. Maybe he'll he'll start haunting these sequels now <laughs> <laughs> with his bet terrible acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, I have high hopes for these movies. Disney makes pretty good movies overall. You know, they're the ones that greenlit and funded Tarantino's movies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're a big media company that knows how to put out good, high-quality films. I'm interested in them. I have no, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not on either side of the fence, really. I'm not a huge yeah. Star Wars fan, so I'm just interested yeah. to see what happens. Go ahead. You know, they could be bad, but I think if 7, 8, and 9 were announced being done at Lucasfilm without this, I'd be way more worried oh, sure, sure, than sure. I am now. Like, I trust Disney to make sure that they get some quality Yeah, I'm with you on that, there. actually. I actually think that, that having a little, like, oversight here now from a company like that is better off yep. than just, like, George Lucas was like, oh, yeah, we're going to make those movies now, and I'm just going to fuck them into the ground. <laughs> and like, no, that was, no. That was a really good, George Lucas. You kind of have to do, like, a little yeah, you, doolap. Somehow, he's got yeah. that crazy chin, man. Yeah, yeah it's a doolap. Um, yeah, they, maybe, the, maybe the Star Wars franchise has been rescued sure. from the clutches of George Lucas. Of the people, from the people who made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they talked a little bit about video game stuff. Mm-hmm. They talked about how Star Wars 13, 13's development is unaffected thanks mm-hmm. to sort of business as usual in the short term. So that's good news. Right, and see, like, that's a Star Wars property that looks awesome. Yeah. And it's, like, it's taking place... Um, I, does it take place, like, during any of the movies or after? I don't know. I'm actually not sure of this. I believe it takes place in the year 1313. Okay. That's, that's, how far <laughs> after a long time ago does, does that take place? Well, it's happening in our world. It's, it's like alternate history. Anyway. Where the All right. Star Wars 1313 <laughs> is still... I don't, none of that's true. I don't know anything about Star Wars 1313. I know that it's Put like... Put lies out there. That's what everybody told me at E3. Yeah. That, that's you the climb. level that yeah. you're descending yeah. down to yeah. level 1313. Anyway. So it should be like B1313 probably. Episodes don't trust the B in 1313. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got the sass. That <laughs> well, that's how you got to yeah. say that title. Yeah. I know. That show's still on? I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't watched that show. Oh, yeah. Is it good? No, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I've just seen commercials for it. When I'm watching Nashville, they run commercials <laughs> for Don't Trust the Bee in a part of the 13th. Has the girl from Breaking Bad, Jesse's yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, episode 7 is supposed to be released in 2015. Yep. It's basically 2013 now, so this movie's going to come out in two years. Yep. Yeah. They've got to get this ball rolling. Maybe they, they, they have more done than we know. Maybe. Yeah, I, it's hard to separate, you know, truth from speculation and fiction, but, you know, I was hearing somewhere that they do have outlines. Like, they have actual fairly fleshed out outlines for, like, what 7, 8, and 9 are going to be, and all they really need to do is, like, take that outline and flesh it out into a script and cast, and then, you know. There was that talk of, for a while that they were going to do that, like, HBO Sopranos style. They've been uh, talking about that for years, the television About Bounty Hunters, yeah. But that was supposed to be 1313. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they probably have a bunch of scripts lying around for that, yeah. that kind of stuff. I'm just sure cobble it together. Yeah, just piece it all together. We're not going to notice. We're the Disney stock went down today, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, none of us, I, we know business, but we don't know business. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah. is it, I, maybe it's uh, that they spent so much and they're not getting an immediate billion? return. And, but four billion, to me, I thought that seemed low. All I know is it, it probably means I have surprised. to Photoshop another downward facing arrow on a, an article in IGN, which is what I've been doing like crazy this generation. <laughs> Every other day, it's like layoffs or stocks down or yeah. studio closing or bad news, bad news, bad news. I was telling Andrew Goldfarber, our news guy, like, man, if you were on here during like the GameCube era where people could just put out any game, didn't matter how well it sold, they're just like, oh, cause we'll stick around. We'll make another Beautiful Joe 2. We're or making art. Yeah, Let's we're making go. art. It's fine. Let's 600 people worked on Cubivore and it sold four <laughs> copies, but don't worry about it. Guys, come on in. Free cookies. That's <laughs> actually a great point. There was a Beautiful Joe 2. Yeah. Can you imagine that would never happen in a no. million years now? Now, now no way. It wouldn't even be a, well, there'd be a Beautiful Joe. It'd be an XBLA game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Or like an iPhone app. <laughs> That's actually beautiful Joe and XBLA would be pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. they could do that. Yeah, beautiful Joe. That was the business. I gave beautiful Joe a ten out of ten. At, for watch. what side? 
What site? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was the first perfect score I ever gave. Was it game. for overratedgames.com? I think oh, it was for yeah. I think it was for gamerfeed.com. <laughs> gamerfeed.com. Yeah. We should start overratedgames.com. <laughs> we did, it's called IGN. <laughs> <laughs>
That's true. It's a good theory, though. It is good. And that, that sounds like a good day for that game. Sure. It's very plausible. It's a little bit after all the other craziness mm-hmm. um, that's coming in February and March. So Yeah. And they always, don't they, don't Rockstar almost always release a game in April? It's a dog. <laughs> the dog was so cute on Frasier. <laughs> Eddie. His name was Eddie. <laughs> He's dead you, now. You should, now oh, that, totally dead. <laughs> now forget it. I was going to say something, but I realized it's, it's off the record. Okay. Well, oh. what we know about shit. Oh, I thought about Frasier. No, no, no. It was, it was, it was that story Lame. that you told me. Well, on that note. Well, yeah. it's a secret. Find out more soon. It's a secret to everybody. <laughs> secret, secret. Not a secret. Don't forget, we still have a $250 Best Buy gift card to give away. Stay tuned to find out how you can win this. But first, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, Hi, listeners. 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 Oh, you. <laughs> Remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like... Just like... Ali Reza Atelli. Do you give him all the bad names to read? <laughs> They're not bad names. No, I mean, I, okay. I <laughs> well, let me say, sorry, sorry. That came out really bad. Do you give him all the ones that you know he'll pronounce really badly? I give him the ones that I cannot mispronounce. So rather than making me look like the... <laughs> okay, okay. The dumb white American. <laughs> the role I was born to play. <laughs> Who wants a cheeseburger? <laughs> you do. Uh, <laughs> our friend Ollie. Ollie! Says, hi guys. I was uh, wondering, what are some of your favorite, more obscure games from previous generations that you would love to see a sequel to or perhaps remade. Mine would have to be the Legacy of Kane series, Fear Effect, Legend of Dragoon, oh, and Fear Advent Effect. Rising. Advent Rising, what was that? Who um, the hell knows? There's sorry, a million. Everybody. It was the chair game, the first game that chair made. The oh. voice of God. Thanks, God. <laughs> we're, here, we're, we're hearing reports. Check that shit out. <laughs> we're hearing reports. <laughs> Advent Rising was the first game chair made. Okay. I thought well, that was like At Undertale this point, though, let's just hope that chair will make a, uh, a sequel to... Uh, that's what probably why do you keep asking for this? Shadow Complex Shadow 2 Complex. is not that's, that's not, not happening. That's not combat happening. You don't think it'll happen? Infinity they make so much money off Infinity Blade. Yeah. Well, at some point uh, you're right. All right. Anyway, we'll buy the rights and we'll make it. More obscure More obscure games from previous generations. Ghost House. That we What? <laughs> yes! What do you mean no? It's got Dracula, it's got Mick. It's what you want. Dracula and who? Ghost Mick. House? Who is he the guy? He's the kid you play as you're walking through. What the hell system was that? That was Sega Sega Master Master System. System Ghost House. Greg being one of four people that owned this. (laughs) Levi Buchanan, call in right now. They will never never remake Ghost House. If Sega wanted to make some money, they would. No, they would. (laughs) If they wanted to lose some money, they would. Um, You can reimagine it and be cool. And people would think it's a new idea. I don't even know what that is. Is that a really serious suggestion? People who like the Master System like Ghost House. What is the Twitter premise of Ghost House? 140 characters? Let me write it. You talk to him and I'll write 140 characters about it. <laughs> um, my pick would be Killer7. I don't know if anyone that, that game. You want a sequel to that or you want that remade? Uh, an HD remake would be awesome. Um, maybe something on 3DS or Wii U, something with a touchscreen uh, would work really well. Uh, so you just want the same game? Yeah, I would play it all over again in, yeah. in HD. But a sequel would be great. Um, played a game it, for like 20 minutes and hated it. Really? really? Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I bought it on Matt Cass and Mass Mass Messina's mm-hmm. uh, recommendation. It was hardcore back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an 8. You know, it's nothing, nothing, nothing better, nothing worse, but yeah, got the job done. Um, 
for me, it's it's two games. One is my favorite game of all time, which is called uh, Outcast. Which you've mentioned this one before. This PC game came out at just the wrong time. It came out when 3D cards were coming out, and this game didn't use 3D cards. So everyone was all hot on like getting like a Voodoo card back then, and so this game didn't use it. And you were just like, "This is dumb." But but the other one is Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like I want that sequel, and I st and I still don't know that that's going to happen. Like they've released teaser we videos, saw that, yeah, and yeah, they're like, oh, it might happen." But but I think part of that was just to appease Marcel. Like what's his name? What's his first name? I always forget. His, the guy uh, that Michelle made Michelle Ansel. Yeah, Michelle Ansel. Sorry. Yeah. Sean's I combined the two. Marcel uh, Wallace. They, they put out uh, Beyond Good and Evil, the HD edition, last right. year. Probably as like to test, test the waters. waters. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's about the thing is, people, yeah. is, that, is that it is, you may hear about that, like if you listen to GameScoop and you follow like gaming websites, you hear about Beyond Good and Evil all the time. But that game sold terribly. Like it yeah. really was like a totally yeah. under the radar yeah. thing. Like, I but remember, a, but I a great used, game. It yeah. was. I used to go to my local game store though towards the end of the PS2 days or not even the end, I guess like two years before the end, and I would just see copies of it for $2 just yeah. on the counter. They just had stacks of them, and they're just like, here you go, if you want it, just, just need to get rid of it. I, so. I, I, it. I've never played all the way through it. I started it on PS2. I never finished it, it either. It, it was one of those things that for some reason didn't click for me. And I always, yeah. I, when the, it was like HD came out, I was like, oh, totally, I'll play that. You know, I'll finally see what the The pacing's are. really weird. Like it, it, it kind of jumps into these stealth levels completely out of nowhere. Some of the boss fights are a little... Payout, the payoff throughout the story <laughs> yeah. is just in the world. I think is still just worth it. But it, yeah. it, I will admit there are parts. A lot of really racist characters. Hard to get too. through. Yeah, they, they, oh yeah, like like the rhinos are all just like stereotypically Jamaican. They're these pot smoking Jamaican guys that work at a, the auto mechanic shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they fix your hovercraft or whatever. Yeah. There's this really Italian guy. And you're and you're like and <laughs> well, you're like you. Oh, it's you. He's like Mamma Mia, Jay, to take a picture. Your AI, your AI guy. No, it's your AI guy that helps you out. He's like stereotypically like gay Mexican dude. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I, whenever I played this game, that was not going through my head. <laughs> so. Sounds like just like that gay Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have our? Yeah, you ready for this? Is the you want me premise to of, of Ghost House in 140 characters. Yeah. The premise. It would be more fleshed out, obviously, if I had more time. <laughs> Ghost House stars Mick, the bad guy from Teen Wolf, as he basketballs his way through Dracula's crib, beating baddies and boning broads. <laughs> and then I use six exclamation points to get it to 140. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that, that can be really be that very. Oh uh, uh, wait, so so to for the remake. Okay, that's, oh, that's, that's for the, the remake. remake. This is not the original. But oh, no, the I original, was, you're some kid named I was trying to make. get you to set up the original. Oh. Because no one has ever played this game except oh, me. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought, so I thought you fight, it was a pitch for the new thank one. Thank you, thank you. You right. fight ghosts and vampires with a basketball in this game? No, no, no. no. That, that was me re-pitch, getting it ready for this generation I'm of consoles. You so you're making it even more unsellable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the original game, you were Mick, yeah, and you were, lost, <laughs> you were la locked in ghost house. <laughs> Dracula was there. I think there were some mummies. To me, this sounds like the next game from the Lollipop Chainsaw team. Yeah. Levi Buchanan knows. It came on the little card. Remember how there was a cartridge you put on and mm -hmm. there was a little card slot? No one knows slot. this because no one had those. Sega Master <laughs> was the bomb. Um, Ghost House. All the, there was like one kid at school who had a Sega Master System. He was the he, coolest one, no, right? he just, he Everyone wished, made fun yeah, of him. Yeah, he wished he had an NES like yeah. everybody else, like all the normal kids. Yeah. yeah. That, those were the days when, uh, that was the best of the, con that, like, that's when, you, like now we always read the comments and we're like, how can there, why can't people just be like, oh great, PS3's got a great game, 360 got a great game, awesome. But those were the days, man, there was like, it was a gang war. Like, you, okay, okay, <laughs> no. So those were the days when it was like Genesis versus Super Nintendo. Then you had valid arguments on both sides because both systems had exclusives. Yeah, they had their good things or bad things. There's blast the processing. Master system and NES. Yeah, yeah. man, that Ghost House, there you <laughs> go, there's my fight. exclusive. Now, Master System versus NES was not an argument. Nobody was like, yo man, I was playing Mario 3 last night, what were you playing? 
ghost house. Honestly, as <laughs> no. as, get out of here. Honestly, get as a child when the NES was out, I had no idea there was another gaming system. No, yeah. that's, the, the, that's how most conversations went. I really like Nintendo. Oh, cool! I have a Sega Master System. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the ob- obscure game from a previous gen that I would like to have a sequel to or remade is Einhander. What the hell's that? It was a t- uh, 2D side-scrolling shooter made by Square. Yep. Back when they were Scoresoft. Wow. For the PS1. And it was amazing. One of the best shooters ever made. Uh, really great boss, bosses, great animations. Was it like a shmup? Amazing. Yeah, it was, that's exactly really? what it was. Yeah. Um, Never even like heard a, of it. Like a Gradius. Was it ever, has it ever been re-released? Mm-mm. Give it to the Really? Seymour, it's no. something, Square, it's a game Square made that they never re-released. <laughs> yes. Coming to iOS this fall. <laughs> <laughs> like, during a time when Square was experimenting with trying different genres other than RPGs. Yeah. And that was one of them, and it's fantastic. It was amazing. That's, I'm, it, it, it's fascinating to me that there's anything in their vaults that they haven't been like, well, we can milk a couple of more dollars out of this one. Just let it sit I know, there. I know. This is uh, Scott Baker, or Super Bash Bro. Nope. He's the baker. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says, I find myself buying brand new games less often each year. Not because I don't think every game I want is worth $60, but because I can't afford to splurge $60 each month. $180 in the holiday months, do you think there is an oversaturation of big games? Are there too many big games? Um, I like think if you look over, at... Over what, last year or the year before? I think if you look I, at I the trend for game releases, I think there are less and less games being yeah, released. Yeah, and I think days. if any... I mean, it's not like you can't play a couple months down the road anyways, yeah. right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think there's too many games. Yeah. This is this all goes back to when we start getting into people who are pirating games because they feel like they're entitled to. Oh, well, there's all these games out. I have to play them. Well, you don't have to play them right there. You I know what I mean? Know. Like you're voting with your dollars. What premise? It should be what premise is the most interesting. What I mean, could I you imagine if only right 12 now? games came out a year? That'd be That's dumb. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're just we're in that time of year right now when all the big games do come out. It's, yeah. I think it's always been like this. Yeah. But I think there are more and more, or there are less and less games overall being released, uh, at least in retail. I think. Um, there's more and more digital games. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you some advice that our, our friends at Sony one point put out. Get a second job. <laughs> yeah. That worked out well you for them. You will work harder. That will that worked out well for them on that front. Some context. That was when they announced the price of the PlayStation 3. Uh-huh. 599 US dollars. <laughs> Giant enemy crab. That was a good day. Oh my god. Never forget. I will never forget. This is Ben Blythe. I liked your conversation about telling a story in games versus having a story told to you. We're talking about Walking Dead and Mass Effect, games like that, rather uh, following a linear story where Mm -hmm. you just absorb the story. I love collaborative storytelling, which is why games like Dungeons and Dragons, Vampire the Masquerade, and Warhammer have always been so cool. Tabletop games allow you to make as many choices as you can imagine. Ever think about taking the plunge into D&D? Get out of here, nerd! (laughs) Not not D&D, but I do have, like, in my house, probably right now, I'm going to guess if at retail, yeah, it was like I have like $3,000 or more of Warhammer stuff. So most of it largely. So if you're casing the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck ever reselling them, though. That's the thing is you buy them for like a, a ton of money, and unless you're an amazing painter, you'll never sell them for really? that equal price. We no. have some people at IGN that are into that stuff. Like Mike, Mike Drucker uh, yeah. loves Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but what, I was going to say, me, when was like, the last time Mike Drucker was like with his friends and he ordered yeah. like 14 pizzas, and he's like, all right, the the next 14 hours, we're going to sit here, and we're going to work this battle out. Oh. I like Dungeons & Dragons. The next 14 hours, we're going to eat a pizza an hour. (laughs) I like Dungeons & Dragons. It's probably been over 10 years since I've played those. Really? Yeah. There's still, I mean, here in San Francisco in the Bay Area, there's plenty of uh, board game shops and stuff like that, where you'll walk by 8 o'clock at night, and there's just like, 
40 nerds in the back. I was going to say, well, a good... They're all just playing. We're all nerds. A good tabletop shop will have a section, either a basement and upstairs or a back room that is all just dedicated to staying open after shop hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's how they keep it, because then those kids are there playing, like, ah, I need this, and then they just walk over and they buy it right there. Yeah. How often do you play Warhammer? Uh, Sadly, only a few times a year now, but it... We're trying to start a tradition of me and all the friends I lived with in college where we have a Warhammer weekend where they all fly up to the bay and we all dedicate a whole weekend to a tournament. That'd be cool. So that's, yeah. what we current do. that's what we do currently. So. You ever played Vampire? No. I haven't played Vampire. Uh, what's going on with Warhammer video games? That's a good question. There you was, know, it, it's Space always been weird because... What was the last one that came out? So, oh, Space Marine. Space Marine, yeah. And so... Uh, I mean, no doubt about it, there's going to be more RTS games that set in the future version of Warhammer... Yeah, that's Relic's done so well with those and made money on them that I can't imagine THQ's going to let that license go. The uh, MMO they were supposedly making that was being made by Vigil, the guys who make Darksiders, that's been turned, they said that's no longer an MMO. But with like the recent departure of like Joe Madero from that studio and stuff, I can't imagine. Like, I, I'm curious if that game's just going to be out and out canceled. Mm-hmm. You know? That would be a really like the final death nail, I feel like, for THQ if they lost that license because that's like one of their biggest money makers. Not as much here in the States, but abroad in, the, in like the European Union, it's mm. massive. This is Big Tony style. Big Tony style. Great name. He asks, if a game is leaked early, or reviews get posted before embargo dates, does this impact any embargoes IGN is under? Mm. Case by case. Yeah. Some, sometimes a review will go up early because someone will break embargo, and we'll email the publisher and be like, hey, this went up, can, this, can we post? And they'll be like, yeah, screw it. Or other times they'll be like, no, please don't. We're working everything we can to get that taken. Yeah, we would yeah. always check with, with the publisher. We wouldn't just say, well, they posted their review, so we'll post ours. Yeah. I know there's been times where like, um, whole sections of games have been leaked to YouTube, and we're just like, well, our embargo is still the 15th. We yeah. Yeah. respect I mean, that. We're this not just gonna... happened with Halo 4, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah, anything, exactly. I'll, I'll say that Street dates are people breaking street dates are what can change embargoes the the, the most. Yeah, if yeah, people yeah. already have the game, like illegally, but they bought it legitimately at a game store, all of a sudden they might be like, "Well, we're just going to push it." Yes, yeah. I, I will say from like the content publishing perspective on our side, it's actually almost kind of disappointing every time we see one of our fellow outlets leak something early because we're like, "Come on, you know, we're all going to do this at nine o'clock on the same day, and you guys had to pop the cherry a day early. Don't do it." But I mean, yeah, we respect it always. Or try to. Yeah. Greg, Greg doesn't. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'm a, I'm a wild card. <laughs> I'm posting my Uncharted 4 review tomorrow. <laughs> Greg, how do you think we pronounce this gentleman's name? That's uh, Sue Kiokaham. <laughs> he says, uh, I have a question for Damon. I know nothing about music. I've always wondered how the unique sound in dubstep songs is made. For lack of a better term, the, wo- the wubs, what creates this noise? Is it done by a synthesizer or electronically? Uh, yes. Yes, both. <laughs> no, it's a guy sitting there playing an instrument. <laughs> it's a guy in a bathtub just <laughs> blowing bubbles. Yeah, it's uh, all, you know, created with synthesizers. Uh, the bass sound, you know, uh, the char- dubstep is characterized by having very, like, org- like moving bass sound, so it's not just a straight tone, it's not just like, it's like there's like, you know, the... It'll, it'll wub, it'll wobble, it'll like go, so, so you're, like, you're the modulating sound. various different parameters of the sound, usually in time with the music, so you mm-hmm. get like a... Yeah, because if that goes differently with the drums, then it's, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah, it's exactly. like jazz. So, you, and you usually have that, like that 
bass sound that you hear actually isn't the 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 sub bass, the weight of the track, the oomph that you really hear. There's also like a sub bass that follows, that mirrors that like very mid-range bass sound that you hear uh, that you don't really pay attention to, but that's what gives the the song its like its power and its like weight, yeah, to it. So there's usually those two. The dubstep is those sort of two bass lines running together in harmony. That's like a, a basic over. And that's how the sausage is made. That's that it. was good. That was a good breakdown. Now, you make all your music in Beaterator, right, on the PSP? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that game back Beaterator. Beaterator. On a PS2 one, the MTV Music Generator. That's I used, the one I, I used Mario yeah. Paint. Well, Beaterator was the Rockstar one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I reviewed that one. You did, yeah. yeah. I never used that one. <laughs> I never even played that game. <laughs> um, before we go, we're going to hand you over to Naomi. She's going to tell you how you can win a $250 Best Buy gift card. Please, Naomi, be gentle with our dear GameScoop viewers and listeners. Thanks, Damon. So here's how you can win the $250 gift card to Best Buy. We want to see the very best cat gift that you can find. Send it to us at GameScoop at IGN.com. We'll pick one winner and notify them by email and then feature it here on the show. This giveaway is powered by Best Buy, where you can pre-order Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and can play it first at select stores. Good luck, everyone. Now back to you, Damon. Thank you, Naomi. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Everybody have a great weekend. Remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, and we'll see you next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.